Chris Tyson of the incredibly popular Mr. Beast YouTube channel announced his transition recently. This has prompted an investigation into his past, which includes a seeming obsession with anime, particularly anime with depictions of sexualized young girls. Chris once appeared to be a normal, masculine husband and father with a Christian background. So what happened? Why does it matter? And what should we take away from all of this? Then at the end, a poignant reminder of God's faithfulness out of Nashville last week. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Good Ranchers. Go to GoodRanchers.com. Use code Allie at checkout. That's GoodRanchers.com. Code Allie. Hey guys, welcome to Relatable. Happy Monday. We are happily back in the studio this week. And so it sounds and looks like regular, old, relatable. Um, All right, let's just go ahead and get right into it. I won't even do a preamble or an introduction. I've got the happy story at the end of this episode, which you're not going to want to miss. Just a reminder of what we need to be reminded of right now. But let's get into the let's get into the crazy and the unfortunately a little bit dark right off the bat. I want to talk about Chris Tyson. And you probably don't know that name if you're a listener to this podcast, because if you're anything like me, which a lot of you are, you're not really big on YouTube, but maybe your kids are big on YouTube. Maybe you're familiar with who this is. I had no idea. I had no idea who this person, Chris Tyson, was. I didn't know Um, about his presence on YouTube or why he had a million followers on Twitter. But now I know, and I realize that this story that we're talking about today is very significant, and we are going to explain exactly why, as well as some of the strange background in all of this. So Chris Tyson is known as the in, as the sidekick to the insanely popular YouTuber named Jimmy Donaldson. He's also known as, or better known as, Mr. Beast. He recently announced his transition, Chris Tyson did, into womanhood, or what someone would call womanhood. And the internet has uncovered some past tweets of Chris's that make his quote-unquote journey really especially disturbing and curious. Uh, The reason why this matters is because the Mr. Beast channel that Chris Tyson is a part of has 146 million subscribers. Like it is hard to even understand the impact and the reach that a single channel like that has. That makes Jimmy Donaldson, Mr. Beast, the most followed individual on YouTube. So there are some channels that are bigger, like the Coco Melon channel is bigger, but as an individual YouTuber, he has the biggest channel, which is insane that I hadn't even heard of him until recently. So he makes videos for a younger audience, early 20s, younger than that, even some young children. I've seen some parents come out and say, oh, my kids love watching Mr. Beast. Now, you probably heard of him um, recently, maybe for the first time, a lot of you during a controversy that kind of bubbled up, especially on Twitter. So Jimmy, Mr. Beast, paid for vision corrective surgery for a thousand people, made a video about it, gave them some extra gifts and things like that. So basically just videoing his charity, his altruism. Now, what the controversy was, was that progressives criticized him for being ableist, for being classist, for exploiting these people. Others said that he's using people's disability for uh, disabilities for clicks, which I can kind of understand the latter argument a little bit. I mean, he is making lots and lots of money from the ads that are on these videos. So I understand in a sense what they're saying, but do I think the altruism itself, the charity itself is wrong or exploiting in any way? No. And I also think the good outweighs the bad. These are a thousand people that can now see. And so even if Mr. Beast does make money off of that, these people still benefited for the rest of their life. So I thought the controversy was silly, but honestly, that was the first time that I had even heard of the Mr. Beast YouTube channel. Uh, He does a lot of this kind of stuff, makes a lot of this kind of content, helping strangers who need it, which is why they've got uh, a, a a lot of young viewers whose parents are thinking, okay, this channel is 
wholesome. It's appropriate for children. They're just doing good deeds. Sometimes they're being goofy. And that is one reason why the the seeming wholesomeness of this channel and brand is one reason why the transition of Chris Tyson, who is a mainstay in Mr. Beast videos, is seen as so bizarre and troubling. Like if this were just a progressive channel, I don't think anyone would even really notice this. Maybe they talk about it, but it would be like, yeah, that's kind of expected. That's not expected for this channel and this particular person. And I'll talk about why. Up until recently, Chris looked and sounded like your stereotypical guy. Guy clothes, guy mannerisms, beard, all that. Chris is also a father to a toddler boy. We'll get more into that in a minute. Um, until recently, was married to a beautiful woman. We'll put the picture up so you can see that baby's face covered. Um, over the past few months, fans started noticing a drastic change in Chris's appearance. So Chris has been on the Mr. Beast channel, I think since 2017. So they were used to what he looked like, how he dressed, how he acted. And then over the past couple of months, he has seemed more feminine in the things that he is, in the things that he is wearing and just kind of how he's acting. He posted a tweet of himself in March getting his nails painted, which people thought, okay, that's a little different from the guy that we're used to. And then he tweeted, um, or someone else tweeted, a Twitter user tweeted on April 4th, bro, WTF happened. And it's a picture of Chris on one side. We'll put it up on YouTube if you're watching rather than listening. It's a picture of, I guess you would say, old Chris on one side and new Chris on the other side. So in the old picture, he's wearing um, like a baggy t-shirt. He's got a beard, facial hair, obviously short hair. I mean, honestly, like if I can say, he just looks like a handsome guy. He looks like a handsome, normal guy. And then in the second picture, he he doesn't. He doesn't, okay? He it's actually crazy how these men want to turn into very unattractive versions of women after being attractive males. It's very confusing. But anyway, we'll analyze that more in a second. So he's wearing this tight black t-shirt that doesn't fit, that doesn't look good, accentuates all the wrong things. And then he's wearing these tight, what look like women's pants and also this like charm necklace. He's got longer, very straight hair. It looks like he is attempting to wear makeup. So it looks very different. There's a marked difference between who he was just recently uh, and who he is now. So Chris responded to that tweet asking what happened and comparing the two pictures and said HRT, and it's only been two months. HRT stands for hormone replacement therapy. So that means that he is taking estrogen to try to look more like a woman. And this is kind of a mentality that I see a lot because I follow accounts that will share Reddit threads or subreddits of men who are trying to transition to be a woman or appear feminine. And they will post before and after pictures and they will say something like, wow, I've only been on HRT for two months and look at this transformation. Or even I've been on HRT for seven years and look how much I've changed. And the rest of us are looking at it and we're like, dude, you just grew your hair out. You don't look like a woman at all. You look like a man who is wearing this. It's, it's very obvious that there is such a delusional uh, part of this that they are unable to see things as they are because this person, I would not say takes estrogen, I would just assume grew his hair out and started wearing tighter clothes. But he seems very proud in this response. HRT, and it's only been two months. So this was the announcement that has, at least as of now, 188,000 likes on Twitter. Remember, he has a million followers on Twitter. This was the announcement that he's been on hormone replacement therapy, which I guess a lot of people kind of had guessed that maybe he was transitioning um, or maybe he was just Maybe they thought he was just changing his personality. So then he talks even more about this. On April 5th, he tweeted, informed consent, HRT, saved my and many others' lives. The hurdles, GNC, that's gender non-conforming. We're learning a lot today. Uh, GNC people have to jump through to get life-saving, gender-affirming health care in a first world country is wild to me. Just let people make informed decisions about their own 
bodies. But you see, using hormones that your body does not naturally make because you have testes is not gender affirming. That might be gender contradicting, that might be sex contradicting, but it's not affirming. And I think a lot of people are understandably asking, is this, this is life saving for you? This saved your life to try to transition into something that you are absolutely not. And so he is affirming that he is trying to transition. Now, it's uh, a little confusing about what he is trying to transition into. I mean, I'm guessing if you're on estrogen, you're trying to be uh, a woman. Obviously, we don't believe that transition is a reality at all. You can change your name and change your appearance. It doesn't change if you are male or female. But he, it's unclear what pronouns he is trying to use. Some people are using they, them. Some people like Jimmy, his boss, Mr. Beast, is still using he. So it's a little confusing. But he is saying, yes, I'm on HRT. It's saving my life. It's changing my life. Um, and I want to show you, just so you can see for yourself, if you were unfamiliar like me, what the before and after of this person looked like and why this is so jarring for so many people, why this is going to be so confusing and disconcerting, especially for his young audience that has been following him, following Mr. Beast for so long. Before I show you those clips, let me pause. Let me go ahead and tell you about our first sponsor for the day. That is Carly Jean Los Angeles. Carly Jean Los Angeles, amazing company. I can't say enough good things about them. Just the people who work there and the people who own Carly Jean Los Angeles. She started this way back. I think it was in 2004. She just wanted to make simple, beautiful, versatile clothing for women that makes us feel good in our bodies and what we're wearing. And she has accomplished that so well, all while staying true to her values. She's pro-life. She's Christian, just like you and I are. And she genuinely, Carly Jean Los Angeles sells some of the best and most comfortable clothes out there. I have worn their clothes in every stage of life, whether that's not being pregnant or during pregnancy or post Postpartum, and I can genuinely say that their clothing makes me feel great about what I'm wearing right now. I'm wearing one of my favorite items by them, and that is their jean jacket. I'm I love a jean jacket, love a jean jacket, and this is easily my most comfortable and my most versatile. And also, what I love about them is that their basics line—they've got a basics line that is all made in the U.S. Isn't that incredible? That can be hard to do with just how the supply chain works these days, but all of their basic line is made in the U.S. And if you use my new promo code, so listen up, this is different than my other promo code, Basics. If you use my promo code, Allie Basics, then you will get 25% off excluding final sale items, always free shipping over $100. So Allie Basics for 25% off your order at CarlyJeanLosAngeles.com. That's CarlyJeanLosAngeles.com, code Allie Basics. Okay, I'm going to play you these clips and I'll just play them right in a row. So the first two clips are... Um, who he was before. This is like 2019. Um, and then there was another one. So you'll see just kind of like what kind of guy he was, kind of what kind of character, I guess, he put on or or presented for the for the Mr. Beast channel. And also this video that you'll see of him mocking the idea of being able to change your gender and having gender identities. And then there will be a recent one that you will see. And if you're listening with kids, by the way, there is like a little inappropriate joke, sexual joke that's made in the third clip that's going to be played. But this is just from the other day, April 8th. And you'll see how this person is presenting himself today. So here are those clips. No one's focusing on my fire. What do we need to start a fire? You just want me to say the thing again, don't you? Roasted sure do. Almond. Fuel, uh -huh. flame, uh -huh. and oxygen. I'm sunburned. I, I forgot sunscreen. I know, and I'm a Boy Scout. Cub Scout. That's the first rule of Boy Scout. Cub Scouts. Is sunscreen? No, be uh. prepared. All right, time to see if they've updated the gender list. They have 63 genders up there, but they can't have my gender. Bro, what are you doing? Bro? Did, did you just assume my gender? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to misgender you. I'm... You're such a hellophobe. Get out! 
I sexually identify as an attack helicopter. Ever since I was a boy, I dreamed of soaring over the oil fields, dropping hot, sticky loads on disgusting foreigners. People say to me that a person being a helicopter is impossible. I'm having a plastic surgeon install rotary blades, 30mm cannons, and AMG-114 Hellfire missiles on my body. From now on, I want you guys to call me Apache. It's tough to do with no trucks. I've never... There you go. Ow, it's there you go. Uh, it's tough to do with no trucks. It wasn't tough to do your mom. Oh, frick! Oh. Viciously! Viciously! There. Right, he, you nice. had to prove something. I had to do it. I had Thank to do it bro. so that way you could do it. Okay, so did you catch all that? He was obviously in the in the second clip, and I know if you're listening to this, you might not be able to distinguish um what it looks like so i do encourage you to watch this one on youtube there's a lot that we are showing you that we can't exactly tell you but as i said he's making fun of this whole idea and he says over and over again i'm a boy scout and so this is a very like i said typical guy who now is dressing up as and if we have another picture we can put it up right now maybe of uh, a selfie that he took i saw someone comment on this that now he's dressing not just as a woman but as we have seen so many times before he is dressing like almost a girl um there was a picture that and like i said if we if we have it we can put it up but he was wearing this like little crop top black sweater and this big charm necklace and this headband again this is not something that you see grown women wearing like you don't see a 30 year old wearing yes this is this works you don't you don't see a 30 year old woman wearing something like this he looks like a juvenile and this is again a pattern that we see in a lot of men who transition into women they don't seem to be transitioning into women they seem to be trying to transition into little girls women who are my age when's the last time you've worn something like that that little sweater the tight i mean the tight jeans whatever i guess women wear that the headband, the necklace, this looks like something that a 10-year-old would wear, which is very disturbing. Now, he says that his friends are supportive of this. Someone asked him on April 6th, has this changed the relationship with any of your family or friends? He says, all my friends have been so supportive. My family, however, is still learning and trying to understand slash accept because for them, like many people, this was a shock. But the people who know me have been silently cheering me on the whole way. Now, his friends who are apparently supportive of this, um, that includes Jimmy, the owner of the Mr. Beast channel. Jimmy tweeted in response to a video by popular YouTuber Sunny V2, who assessed the situation. He argued that Chris's transition will be trouble for the Mr. Beast channel and brand. So Jimmy responded to that and said, yeah, this is getting absurd. Chris isn't my quote unquote nightmare, which I guess is something that was said in the video. He's my effing friend and things are fine all this transphobia is starting to piss me off all right so apparently mr beast who creates content for mostly minors um is cool with this and he apparently thinks this is great now there were some rumors that there were some texts leaked by jimmy saying that he's not supportive of this, that he's worried about this, that he doesn't know what to do, that he's stuck between a rock and a hard place because on the one hand, he's going to be accused of transphobia if he kicks Chris off his channel. On the other hand, uh, this is going to be very difficult for his brand. But I didn't find, I, I don't know if that's true. Some people were saying that that is really what's going on behind the scenes. I haven't seen any objective, like, verification that that's true who knows who knows i can imagine that he might even if he is genuinely his friend and maybe he's genuinely super supportive of this whole process like i could see how this would be a little bit difficult some people are pointing out that in that live stream that we um that we put up just a second ago that he looked visibly uncomfortable. Again, I think a lot of people reach on the internet. Maybe he did look uncomfortable, but maybe not. Maybe he's totally cool with it and he's known for a long time that this was the direction that his friend was going. 
But we did read in Chris's tweet that his family isn't so understanding of what's going on. By his family, I am deducing that he doesn't just mean his wife, who, as we will point out in a second, he is actually separated from now, but also his parents, maybe um, his siblings. Even though his friends are understanding, he says his family, they have some catching up to do. So let's dig a little bit more into that. So this is from the Mr. Beast fandom page. Uh, Chris describes himself apparently as a country boy who grew up as a Boy Scout. We heard him say that. He grew up in North Carolina. Uh, His dad is a farmer. His mom, a real estate agent. He has two older sisters. Um, According to a Twitter user who says that they grew up with him, their families attended church together. Um, They were friends. This person says this goes against every value his parents instilled in him. I know they love him unconditionally. We'll take that with a grain of salt because we can't verify whether or not this person really grew up with them. I don't think that they would necessarily lie about that. He doesn't seem to be saying anything salacious about Chris, but um, we just don't know for sure. But he is saying that this was, you know, your normal Southern church-going family who raised normal kids. And we do know that Chris has talked about being raised with two older sisters and kind of being angry about the fact that he had to do like manual labor with his dad as a farmer while they were doing easier stuff, which I also think in all of my studies of these transitions and stuff that that seems to be a theme, the resentment against uh, females in your family. So that's interesting. He also grew up with Jimmy Donaldson, who is Mr. Mr. Beast. Jimmy attended Greenville Christian Academy. Some have reported that Chris attended uh, there as well. Not sure. Some people have uh, reported that, but they did grow up together. Now, here's the part that we mentioned at the beginning of this, which is making a lot of people scratch their heads and also just saddened, which I think is understandable. Uh, Chris was married to Katie Tyson in 2018. They welcomed their first child together in June of 2020. She doesn't appear on many of the videos, but there are pictures we put up earlier. Redux reported, Redux has done a lot of excellent reporting on this entire situation, reported that Katie is a devout Christian. Her bio has on Instagram has the following Christian song lyrics. There's no shadow. You won't light up mountain. You won't climb up coming after me. I know the tune to that. I will spare you my singing. But that is indeed a Christian song. The last picture she posted with Chris was December of 2020. And then on November 5th of 2020. So I guess right before that, he came out as bisexual on his Twitter account, which is just a strange thing to do, especially if you are um, married to a woman. And then Redux also reported that at the end of March 2023, so this is still when I'm totally oblivious to who Mr. Beast or who Mr. Beast or Chris is. He posted on his alternate Twitter account. So he has his main Twitter account, which is just Chris that has a million followers in this alternate Twitter account. And he posted this on there that says, for a little over a year now, me and Katie have been separated. We are finalizing things soon, but these things take time. We like to keep our personal lives private, which a lot of people don't understand because we share so much, but this is the only time I want to discuss it, which is just really sad. But, and we don't know everything that's gone on behind the scenes, but my guess is if he was starting this transition, if he decided to announce to the world that he's bisexual and he told her, hey, I'm gender nonconforming. I want to live this life that is totally different than what you signed up for. I'm a completely different person than than the one that you married. I don't even think I'm a man. That would be a form of betrayal that even the most devout Christian would say, I... I can't, I can't do this because it would actually be causing uh, the wife of someone who is transitioning into or thinks they're transitioning into the opposite gender and wants to be called she, her, wants to be referred to as a woman. You are forcing your spouse to sin by lying. You are putting a God before the only God that exists. You are affirming something that you know is not true that is covered in the very first chapter of the first book of the Bible. And so this to me does seem like it would be understandable and even biblical grounds for um, separation. Now, I'm sure that there is a hope for repentance and restoration and stuff there, but I can imagine how heartbreaking, how heartbreaking, how disappointing, how strange this whole thing was 
um, behind the scenes. And then there's the point about his son that a lot of people are bringing up that this guy has a toddler son and how in the world is he going to deal with that? I actually tweeted when I was first learning about this whole thing. His poor son, I feel so terrible for him. I feel terrible for his wife too. Gosh, we should be praying for her. Like, please do. But I feel terrible for his son who is going to be a part of his life forever and is no longer going to have a normal father to look to. And if you don't see this, this whole transition, so-called, as traumatizing for a young child, then you know nothing. You know nothing about reality. You know nothing about psychology. You know nothing about child development. You know nothing about the need for a child to place people in understandable categories, including gender categories. You have no understanding of the need for a child to have both the strong masculine and the strong feminine in their life, a masculine father and a feminine mother. Also, seeing your seeing your parent radically change their appearance, change their behavior, change their mannerisms and attempt to change their identity at such a formative age. Yes, that is traumatizing. Of course, that child is not going to be able to articulate that now. Of course, that child loves his dad. That's not a question. I'm sure. I'm sure that child loves his dad, still wants to spend time with his dad, wants to be around his dad, admires his dad, but he wants a dad. All right. He wants and needs a father, especially as a boy. You cannot tell me that he will not be masked up by this in some way, sadly. And that breaks my heart to say. And that is one reason why this whole process is so incredibly selfish. And for anyone to say, well, you know, the most important thing is for someone to be happy. The most important thing is for them to feel like they're being themselves. First of all, he's not being himself. He's not being himself. He's a man. And so he's trying to be something that he's not. And also the most important thing in life is not for you to be happy. That's not the most important thing in life. There are far more important things in life than your momentary happiness. If your happiness comes at the expense of and the well-being of your child, your family, then you're just being selfish. There's nothing noble about that. There's nothing virtuous about that. To put your fleeting feelings first, that is the definition of narcissism and immaturity. And you think that there's not going to be a repercussion for that in this child's life? Of course there will be. Of course. And we haven't even seen these chickens come home to roost yet because there are now children of uh, definitely more children than we've ever seen in history who have parents who are deciding that they are the opposite sex. Like we don't even fully know the consequences of that, but there will be consequences and they will be ugly individually and societally. And my heart goes out to this entire family. Yes, including Chris, because there is a lot of depravity and confusion and deceit that is being taken in here. And it's even darker than all of this. It's even darker than all of this. Before I get into the darkness part, let me also show you um, this pic. Well, I'm not going to show you the picture because I I just don't want to perpetuate what I think is like the exploitation of a child for content. But um, Chris posted a picture on Snapchat, which is now circulated on Twitter, of his son um, like laying on his stomach and then uh, and then wearing high heels. Okay, so he's a boy, he's wearing high heels, and then the caption on on Snapchat that Chris posted is, Tucker chose to slay this morning. Tucker chose to slay this morning. And then he tweeted it because I, get, I guess he got some backlash and he said, I posted this on my Snap and saw some pretty rude comments. Say anything you want about me, I don't care. But anything towards his son's name uh, will be an immediate... Block. Okay, you put that out there. You didn't have to post that picture of your kid wearing heels. You knew exactly what you were doing. You are not just using your kid as content. You're using your kid as a political ideological statement. Look, these, these heels that his little son is wearing are his son's size. So someone bought him these shoes. It's not like he went into his dad's or his mom's closet and got some adult heels and decided to put them on because kids do that. And that's funny. You bought him high heels. These are also they look like heels that you have to actually like 
you have to strap the the top of it, like the little strap on. So I highly doubt that he put these on himself. So you bought these for him. You put these on him. You posted a picture of this publicly. And now you're mad that people are saying, uh, maybe this isn't the best decision. We've got lots of indicators of the narcissism here. It's really, really disturbing. I, I Again, I just feel so badly for the people that are involved in this, especially this child who has no idea what is going on. Okay, we'll get into some more disturbing background of where I think this all came from. It has to do with anime. In just a second, let me tell you about our next sponsor for the day, and that is Good Ranchers. All right, Good Ranchers, one of my favorite sponsors because, man, we use Good Ranchers every day. Last night to meal prep for the week, we baked a bunch, we thawed and we baked a bunch of chicken, which is probably maybe the most versatile thing that they have, the non-premarinated chicken. Also, the ground beef, so good. We make tacos, we make pizza with it, of course, with our chicken. You can make all kinds of things. It just makes our life easier. And I love knowing that I am supporting a Christian, or a, uh, yeah, a Christian-owned, a conservative-owned company. They love America. They support all American farms and farmers and ranchers. All of the meat is from American farms and ranchers. So I feel really good about that. Ethically raised, sustainably sourced, better than organic chicken, Um craft beef. It's just an incredible company. And now you're seeing that some livestock is being injected with mRNA vaccines. Like what in the world? But Good Ranchers is committed that none of their meat will have been injected with mRNA. So good for Good Ranchers. They're constantly taking the stands that we want them to take, that we need them to take. And they just deliver a really good product. They've got seafood too, shows up right at your front door on dry ice. Put it in your freezer and you're good to go. Go to GoodRanchers.com. Use promo code Allie at checkout. When you do, you get $20 off your order. Plus right now they're doing the deal that if you subscribe, so you get a box of meat to your front door every month, you get free bacon for a year. If you're like our family and you like bacon, this is a really good deal. You're saving 240 bucks. So go ahead, subscribe to Good Ranchers, goodranchers.com. Use code Allie for that $20 off. But also with that subscription, you will get free bacon for a year. Incredible. Goodranchers.com, code Allie, goodranchers.com, code Allie. All right, so there was a tweet circulating by Chris over the weekend um, that uh, I saw some people tweet out. I tweeted it out myself. That really disturbed me. And he said this, and if you don't know what this is, I didn't either until a couple months ago. I saw something that was reported by Redux, and I asked one of the journalists at Redux, what is this that you're talking about? And I'm really glad that I asked rather than searched for it because it's really disturbing. So Chris says this, nothing gets my knob a cranking like some lolly. So he is apparently alluding to the fact that he gets sexually aroused by something called lolly. You might see it referred to as lollycon. And I'm just letting you know that what we are about to talk about is very disturbing. As if what we have talked about already isn't disturbing enough, this is very disturbing. Lolly is a form of of anime in which the female characters are depicted as children or even babies. Now you'll see gaslighting in this and like from anime apologists saying, well, yeah, sure. Lolly, the characters, they may look young. They may look like 13 year old girls. There was one. Yes. Um, that was the screenshot was retweeted. Someone saying that he was super turned on by a form of lolly in which the female character literally was dressed as a baby. All right. So we're talking about animation, but still, these are depictions of sometimes baby, toddler, childlike women. Now, sometimes in lolly, they will have some exaggerated female physical characteristics, but it will still be obvious that they are supposed to look like a minor. And the content isn't always sexually explicit, but the line between regular anime, if you want to call it that, or regular lolly and like sexually explicit content with these very, very young looking girls, it's a very, very fine line. So Chris, whether he is 
joking or not, I mean, it's still a weird thing to joke about. He is talking about being interested and specifically sexually interested in this thing called Lolly. So let me tell you a little bit more about that. And this is, again, reported by Redux. Using his official Mr. Beast Twitter account in December 2016, Tyson said nothing gets my knob cranking like some lolly. Lolly is a term which refers to female childlike characters popularized by Japanese animation, but has become synonymous with pedophilic depictions of sexualized young girls in animated pornography. Uh, this is also from um, medium.com. It is short for lollycon, a Japanese term that is derived from the English phrase lolita complex. This term referring to an underage girl who is seductive early came from the novel called Lolita by Vladimir Nobokov, which follows the narrator's sexual obsession with and subsequent rape of a 12-year-old girl named Dolores, nicknamed Lolita. So anyone who tells you that Lolly is a form of anime, that is fine, that is sweet, because they'll also say they'll use this disgusting... Um, justification for it they'll say well they look like babies but really in the series they're really 700 years old they're really like a century old witch they just always look young okay that doesn't help anything when it translates into the real world what you are being attracted to what you are being sexually aroused by is the figure of a child a sick pervert. So lollies can be identified by four characteristics. Look like a child, behave like a child, smaller bust size, has a cute more, uh, has a cute aesthetic, um, slash cute slash mo aesthetic. Mo is a Japanese word that embodies the qualities of being youthful, innocent, and feminine. Now, when this tweet started circulating on April 12th, he, um, he deleted it. Uh, and that's not his only connection to very dark parts of anime. Now, it has been well documented on Chris's Twitter that he loves anime, that he is obsessed with anime, I would say, talking about all different kinds of series that he likes. Now, not all anime is sexually explicit. Not all anime is the perverse, dark type that we're talking about. But it does seem, as we have talked about many times and as we'll talk about even more after we go through some of these examples, there does seem to be a very distinct connection between those who watch anime, especially certain parts of anime, forms of anime, and gender confusion and transgenderism. That I am not saying that everyone who watches anime or everyone who likes anime is in that world or is dark or perverse or gender confused in any way. I'm just saying those who are gender confused it seems like a, a crazy majority of them, a crazy percentage of them are also obsessed with anime. So there is definitely a connection there. But when it comes to Chris, it's not just his anime obsession, which is like whenever you see that, when someone transitions and you go back into their history and you're like, oh, anime, expected that. It's become just so predictable at this point. He also is very into very dark, very sexual, and I would say pedophilic forms of anime, which unfortunately is pretty prevalent in the anime world. So this again is reported by Redux. In a now deleted tweet from July 2017, Tyson posted a photo showing artwork which appeared to depict a sexualized young girl. The photo showed the artwork laying upon a carpet and surrounded by fidget spinners. Tyson captioned the photo, bonus fidget spinners to really throw in some extra autism. Okay. He also tagged the account Shadbase which belonged to the artist known as Shadman, the online persona of Shaddai Prajin. Again, I had never heard of this person, but let me, before I even talk about who Shaddai Prajin is, which is a really disturbing part of this, let me tell you just about this image. And it's, gosh, it's, it's awful. So this, it's a cartoon of a girl. She's obviously young because she's got braces on. So she's obviously supposed to be seen as young. And that her hat that she is wearing says, please be patient. I have autism. The tattoo on her thigh that you see is intended to signify a white female who likes to have, this is disturbing. I mean, it's just disturbing that this is being like this is being portrayed and put on a, a young girl to have sex with black men. This is known as the queen of spades in the kink community, displaying a spade with the letters BBC, according to 
Urban Dictionary. Okay, I can't even say what that stands for. You can probably pick up on that. Shadman was one of the early celebrities of YouTube and Tumblr, the guy who created this and apparently maybe reportedly gifted this poster to Chris, whether he did or not, though, Chris is definitely posting it and saying that it's great. Gosh, so freaking weird. But Shadman was one of the early celebrities of YouTube and Tumblr who became known for his highly pornographic cartoon drawings, many of which depicted underage girls called lollies. And that's L-O-L-I-I-S. Uh, while many of Shadman's drawings were fictional child characters, he did get caught in a number of incidents in which he was creating sexual artwork of real children or real people he depicted as sexualized children. In 2016, Shadman drew a suggested a suggestive picture of the seven-year-old daughter of internet commentator Keemstar. During the 2016 elections, he also created pornographic artwork intended to represent Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton as little girls. In 2017, he prompted outrage after drawing pieces of pornographic art depicting a 12-year-old female character from the film Logan. He has also been known to draw art portraying rape, assault, racism, and other disturbing themes. He was arrested in 2021 for assault with a deadly weapon. It is unclear the extent to which Tyson and Shadman knew each other, but the July 2017 tweet, says Redux, did suggest that the artwork was either gifted or purchased directly from Shadman. So that is disturbing. So he is apparently very into these explicit pedophilic forms of anime and has been for a long time, even before and during he was married to his beautiful wife. So when he says that this has been a long time coming or this has been a process, at least in the sense that he has been obsessed with really weird forms of anime that seem to almost always lead to a form of like confusion and and sexual uh, fetishization of women and young girls. Yeah, sure. I believe that that has been a part of his life, I guess, for several years. Um, there was another tweet um, in which he said, uh, in, in which Chris was looking for, he says, on last year in March, on March 27th, does anyone know where to watch the anime Wandering Sun at? I want to watch it, but can't find it anywhere so that was in march of 2022 and if you if you look at a summary of what the anime wandering sun is it says this to date wandering sun remains anime's most explicit exploration of trans identity taking viewers along shuchi and yoshini's yoshino's journeys from when both of them start to slowly dabble with clothing not conventionally associated with their assigned sex all the way to their full-on realizations of being a trans female and trans male respectively a beautiful story of two youthful souls fumbling and figuring it out uh, Shimura's original manga launched all the way back in 2003 and by the end states it all more explicitly. However, it's worth keeping in mind due to the series' age, it doesn't always achieve the same vocabulary we've since adopted regarding the gender spectrum. So this seems to be an implicit or explicit theme in a lot of anime, which is, I think, part of why it's so associated with people who identify as transgender. There's a lot of gender bending in anime as well, especially when it comes to the male characters that associated with the sexualization and infantilization of the female characters on anime. I think that we have a very toxic combination that can at least aid and abet this type of, I don't even know if, again, I want to call it confusion, but just depravity, especially um, especially in men. So I think that the also the lolly part of this um, probably indicates that there was a more explicit pornographic um, addiction here. Not everyone who watches porn, which is always it's always objectifying. It's always wrong. It's always disgusting. It's always unethical. But not everyone who watches porn is going to become confused about what gender they are. But I guarantee you, everyone, every man who is confused about what gender they are is addicted to porn, has been addicted to porn, and has probably gotten into the form of pornography that Genevieve Glock has talked about on this show, which is sissification porn in which you get off on being humiliated as a depiction of a woman or even humiliating other women. There are past tweets also by Chris, not just in this nature that we're talking about, but also 
hating on feminism, hating on women, women wanting rights. And look, I I don't consider myself a feminist, but it's very clear there, as with some of the tweets that he's tweeted about his upbringing and how his sisters were treated differently, even if he says he's joking, that there seems to have been some underlying resentment. So you've got a combination of things. You've got a combination of resentment towards women, apparently. You've got a combination of an apparently uh, an obsession with anime, particularly the kind of anime um, that promotes gender transition and promotes the sexualization of young girls and uh, probably also an addiction to porn and particularly dark forms of pornography. So that is probably the history and the background, in addition to just the lies and the deceit and the temptations of Satan that have led to what seems to a lot of people as a totally bizarre and surprising and a random announcement of trying to become the opposite gender. It probably has been a long time coming. There probably has been a lot leading to this, but it's been tiny steps along the way that maybe seemed innocuous at the time and now are leading to this total denial of reality that we are seeing today. And he is not alone, as I said, in um, in the connection between anime and gender transition thing. And I just want to give a little bit more background on that because I think it's important for parents to realize that this is something that is happening on a large scale. Before we get into that aspect, I want to pause and tell you about our next sponsor, which is Seven Weeks Coffee. Absolutely love this company. I love everything that they stand for. So Seven Weeks Coffee provides you with great coffee, but also the mission behind this company is just incredible. The reason why it's called Seven Weeks Coffee is because at seven weeks, the baby in the womb is the size of a coffee bean, that tiny little human image bearer of God that is growing in his mom's belly is the size of a coffee bean. So these Christian pro-lifers started the company Seven Weeks Coffee to provide you with great coffee, but to also donate 10% of every sale to pro-life pregnancy centers across the country. You guys know that pro-life pregnancy centers are doing everything for these young women and young families in crisis who find themselves with a surprise pregnancy that maybe they feel like they can't raise a child. These pregnancy centers, they step in and they help them in every way possible, materially, spiritually. They even help women who might be in abusive situations find refuge Just absolutely incredible what these pregnancy centers do. And Seven Weeks Coffee is supporting them. They've already donated more than $80,000 in their first year to over 375 pregnancy centers. So you're going to spend money on coffee anyway. If you drink coffee, you might as well make sure that your money is also going toward this amazing cause. So go to sevenweekscoffee.com. Use promo code Allie to save 10% on your order. Sevenweekscoffee.com. Use promo code A L L I E to save 10% off your order. Sevenweekscoffee.com. Code Alley. So there are people who have admitted that anime made them start questioning their gender, just as there are people who admitted that certain forms of pornography made them question their gender. There is this. Um, discussion board, this anime discussion board. And there were different posts on this discussion board saying, like this person said, I used to think I was a cis guy. Cisgender means you are the gender that you were actually born as biologically. It's a stupid word, but they say, I used to think I was a cis guy that just didn't fit in because I didn't like being masculine at all. Then I started to identify with this girl, a character, and it was all downhill from there. Um, And so there are lots of examples of this, of people saying that they identify with some kind of anime character and that that makes them start questioning who they are. There's a story that was reported in in December of 2021 by the Daily Signal. We also talked about it at the time about a mother who rescued her child from trying to transition into a boy. This mother writes about how her very feminine daughter, her girly girl, went from uh, hobbies like uh, like art and sewing to anime, cosplaying, 
uh, dressing like fantastical characters. And she just thought that her daughter was being creative. She's going through, you know, this teenage stage, who cares? So she was supporting her daughter's creative side, but she didn't know that the anime and the cosplaying that her daughter was involved in um, also involved gender bending themes that the community Across and that the community crosses into pedophilic and sexual themes. She also said that older cosplay community members groom the younger cohorts online. This combined with the public school sexual education program called Teen Talk, she began using a whole new language. Her daughter did polyamorous, lesbian, pansexual. Her and her friends all chose labels besides quote-unquote basic, their term for a straight girl. She continued her anime obsession, began making very explicit weird TikTok videos using vulgar language and then became unrecognizable as she was trying to transition. So this mom, I think, would probably say that she was liberal. She was open-minded. She was probably trying to be progressive. She was just trying to embrace who her daughter was changing into and she was trying to be as supportive as possible. But then the summer before ninth grade, she announced that she was this daughter transgender. Shortly after, she began to threaten suicide and dunk and sunk into deep depression. Her mom uncovered her hidden social media accounts, which included online discussions involving fetishistic sexual conversations, older girls telling younger girls how to sell nude photos of themselves and bragging about their mental illnesses and which drugs to take. There were messages from strangers telling her daughter to kick her mom's head in because she was a quote transphobe the mom took away every social media app and form of technology that this girl had reported the pornography to the police and found an out-of-state uh, psychiatrist because they were in california you can't find that kind of thing because a psychiatrist that will try to reconcile a person's mind to their body which is the sane and compassionate thing to do rather than maim your body to try to satisfy this never-ending confusion in your mind that is called um actually doing it the right way in states like california and i believe washington is called conversion therapy which the exact opposite is true and so it's very hard to find a sane psychiatrist in places like that so this mom who lived in california had to go outside of the state to actually help her daughter psychologically after a year and a half, uh, the mother's daughter is returning to her authentic self. She literally had to detox from all of these terrible influences that were confusing her so much that she started to question who she was as a person. And that is, by the way, like what the left, I believe, at least the leftist activist class wants for every single child to separate their child from their parent, even if that means through suicide. Certainly, if that means through estrangement, and even if that means homelessness, trafficking, what typically happens to these young kids who think that their parents don't understand or don't accept their authentic self, when really it's not their authentic self at all. They are being influenced by these demonic forces that are manifested through a lot of these apps and these shows and the content that they are consuming. Uh, You become what you consume. You become who you hang around. You start believing the things that you are incessantly told. That's why it's so important for parents to disciple their children in truth. That's why I don't want to mess around with sending my kids to a school that is not biblically based. Why would I want to send my kid somewhere to spend 40 hours hearing at the very best, uh, like a non-biblical worldview, at worst, a completely anti-biblical worldview? And try to catch up on the weekends when I could be dedicating all the time possible to discipling them in that which is good and right and true. It's just not even a question, especially today. Um, And like, why would I even mess around? Why would we even mess around as parents with these social media apps, which is overwhelmingly a net negative for these kids who just can't, they just can't filter out the truth from a lie. They're just not ready for that yet. We as their parents, like that is our responsibility to protect them in that way. And thank God for this mother that she was given wisdom. She was given conviction. And she said, no, like, you know what? We made mistakes in the past. We're not doing this anymore. There also seems to be a kind of violence that is inherent in all of this. And you see that in the activist class, the transgender day of vengeance, like you see the kind of vitriol that, for example, Riley Gaines had to endure last week just for saying that she didn't want to be forced to change in front of a man who identified as a woman in a locker room. And she got titles and opportunities taken away from her because this guy, Will Thomas, all of a sudden decided that he was a woman in college and to compete against women. She got things taken away from her, including her right to privacy and protection against sexual harassment, which is what flashing a woman in a locker room 
is you saw that she was mobbed. She was extorted. I mean, she was violated. She was assaulted by this mob of trans activists at San Francisco State last week. So there, there seems to be just as is true. And I think all um, delusion and all sin, like a form of violence. It's also just kind of inherent in godlessness. And so you see that, I think, very prevalently with these people whose minds, I think, are messed up, not just by the ideology and the content that they're consuming, but also with, in many cases, the hormones that they are taking. Like, we have we even thought about the repercussions on a person's mind, on a person's frontal lobe when you are introducing your body to hormones that do not align with your biology, that your body cannot naturally make? Again, I don't think all of those chickens have even come home to roost yet. But Chris said something which is very typical of violent transgender activism. He actually said it a few hours before the Nashville shooting. So that wasn't intentional, but it just happened to be on the same day. So it didn't age well. He said on March 27th, I I did also hate seeing the hate for me turn into just general transphobia. So I'm wanting to make it known. Make fun of me all you want, but mess with the trans homies and dot, 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 well, dot, 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 gun emoji. All right. Okay. So that's the journey. That's the journey from apparently, I mean, ostensibly a Christian, normal family man, the beautiful wife, precious child, Boy Scout from a Christian family to this. Um, I think it's a good lesson in humility for everyone, to every parent, but also every individual that sin slowly chips away. You start exchanging the truth of God for a lie. There really is no limit to sin. It all goes back to the garden. It all goes back to the garden. The initial, the initial deceptive question that Satan gave Eve, presented to Eve, did God really say? Did God really say? And then with the promise that if you do this, you will be like God. You'll be like God. It wasn't true then. It's not true today. People think that they have God-like powers and to be able, in, in being able to identify as something other than what they are, to be able to um, be the God of their own lives, the center of their own universe, rewrite the rules of reality and biology to try to fit into their feelings, into their delusions. It is exchanging the God of scripture for the God of self, exchanging the truth of God for a lie. It's Romans 1 made manifest. And it will reap destruction in this man's life. It will reap destruction in his family's life. It will reap destruction once this is accepted and celebrated on an even bigger scale, which it already is happening, it will be, is being destructive societally. There is no stopping point, no reasonable limiting principle to sin to the point to where like we are at a place where you have people, otherwise compassionate and seemingly reasonable people, actually legitimizing the idea that a child can identify as the opposite sex and that they should actually stop puberty in order to affirm that lie, that they should be able to carve up their bodies as minors to render themselves permanently sterile because they think that they are the opposite sex. Like that is the top down lie that is being pushed everywhere through every institution, global and national today. You have people, even people who profess to be Christians in the name of empathy and love and tolerance and acceptance, actually pushing something that delusional and destructive. Wow. It is so important for the sake, yes, of truth, but for the sake also just of love and of light and of sanity to not buy into this mess one bit, to not lie. You've probably heard the testimony of Laura Perry. Hopefully we'll have her on the show at some point. Who She was raised in a Christian home. She transitioned into, she tried to, you know, so-called transition into being a man. And she did the whole thing. She did hormones. She did all of it. She looked like a man. Her parents, Christian parents, 
her parents' friends at their Christian conservative church refused to go along with it. They refused to call her anything but Laura. They refused to use he, him pronouns. And when she came to, when the Lord captured her heart and pushed her into repentance, the reason why she went back to her parents first, the reason why she returned to that Christian conservative church that the world would have called backwards and hateful and bigoted and the reason why people aren't Christians anymore, the reason why she went back there is because she knew she could trust them. Because why? Because they never lied to her. They refused to affirm deceit in the name of love. It is not loving to lie. As we say so often, we cannot outlove God by lying. The most loving thing that anyone can do in Chris's life is to tell him the truth. And I pray that he would repent. I do. I do. I don't want bad things for him. Now, I'm concerned ab- about the things that he is consuming that... Uh, very concerned about that. And so, you know, there needs to be, um, there are, if there's any like illegal activity, obviously there needs to be justice and there needs to be legal recompense for that kind of thing. If there is anything actually, you know, criminal that's being consumed or going on there. But I hope for repentance. I hope for restoration. I hope for him to see the light and for him to be detoxed of all of the toxicity that he has consumed. I hope for repentance for all of these people, but hope for repentance has to be accompanied with a fear of God. And a fear of God is always going to be a love for and a submission to his truth. We see the truth of all of this very easily in Genesis 1. All right, we'll just very quickly, because I know we're already over an hour go through this happy story about Nashville to uh, finish out the day. Let me just tell you about our our last sponsor for the day. And that is for my friend Steve Dace's movie Nefarious. It's like the the movie modern version of the screw tape letters. It paints a very poignant and yes, dark picture of good and evil and how spiritual warfare is manifesting itself today in the moral issues that we see on display. I saw it. It's really, really good. It's really well done. Very compelling. But be ye warned, it is dark. It's supposed to be dark. It's supposed to be disturbing because spiritual warfare and the reality of hell and Satan and demons, that's supposed to be dark and disturbing. But because it's objectively just a good movie with good acting, this is a great one to take your friends who might not be Christians too, because it could start a lot of really great conversations. And I just pray that the Lord continues to... um, Uh, increase its reach so more people would see the reality of good and evil and ultimately our need for a savior in Christ. To learn more about this, go to whoisnefarious.com. Whoisnefarious.com. You'll see where it's playing. Um, It'll show you where to buy tickets, all that good stuff. Go to whoisnefarious.com. Okay, so I just wanted to make sure that we start out the week ending the episode, but starting out the week with this incredible reminder of God's faithfulness. So Covenant Christian School, who you'll remember, suffered mass shooting by someone who um, identified as the opposite sex. And apparently, even though we very strangely have not gotten the manifesto yet, um, was motivated by a particular resentment towards the school, probably because this person didn't feel affirmed in their new found gender identity and killed three children, three nine-year-olds, including the daughter of the pastor um, of the church associated with the school. His name is Chad Scruggs, as well as three adults, three people on staff there. Just absolutely tragic. If you need to learn more about that, you can go back and listen to our episode right after, right after it happened. Um, But they all met, the Covenant School family met for the first time for chapel in three weeks after the tragedy happened. And this is what they were met with outside the school. Look at this underneath the cross right here. I've never seen a rainbow. I mean, just incredible incredible if you're not if you're not watching this it's this amazingly clear rainbow i don't think i've ever seen a rainbow that clear 
in my life. And it's actually a double rainbow. And it looks like you can actually see the whole thing. So that is the faithfulness of God. That is the reminder of God that there is nothing that cannot be redeemed. There is no tragedy out of which good cannot come. And I know that's really difficult to say. Maybe it's easier to say for those outside of it, but God is in the business of redemption. He is in the business of bringing beauty from ashes. Satan means things for evil. The Lord means it for good. And all things, Romans 8, 28 tells us, um, come together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Psalm 36, 5 says, your steadfast love, O Lord, extends to the heavens, your faithfulness to the clouds. I'm also reminded of another passage that I read yesterday, which is Psalm 33, 1. And it says, praise befits the upright, the upright meaning the righteous and the only ones who are righteous are those who have been made righteous by grace through faith in Christ and praise befits the upright. So not those who are in happy situations, not the lucky, not the fortunate, not the rich, not the ones who have never felt any loss, but the upright, those who are in Christ Praise is appropriate for you at all times. Praise fits you well. Praise looks perfect on you. Praise is the attire that we should don, the outfit that we should be wearing. Praise should be characteristic of those who are in Christ, no matter our circumstances. That's the incredible part of Christianity, the incredible part of the gospel, that even in the darkest times, like there is light on which our hope and our joy hangs. And I'm very thankful for God's display here of faithfulness. It's not lost on me that he used a rainbow, a symbol that has been perverted to mean the exact opposite of what it actually means um, to remind people of his goodness and his faithfulness. And just a reminder too, God's rainbow has seven colors rather than six. That significance is also not lost on me. So thank you, God, for your goodness, for your reminder of that sovereignty. Remember, God's work doesn't always make headlines. It might seem like the world is exclusively getting worse and worse. Remember, God's eternal plan of redemption is always going off without a hitch. Psalm 37 reminds us that he will one day do away with wickedness forevermore, and his wrath is kindling towards it all. And there will one day be no more sorrow, be no more sadness, be no more sickness, be no more, no more confusion or corruption or abuse or exploitation or all of the things that make life so heavy and this world groan for the redemption of creation. One day, Jesus will rule in totality, in perfect peace. And he is constantly reminding us of that if we would look. All right. That's all we've got for today. We will be back here tomorrow. 